your individual reasons are for joining the police commission's new recruitment program. But I have one reason for being here. There's a war going on out there on our streets. People are scared, and they have a right to be. The body count is high. Homicide, assault, forcible rape, burglary, armed robbery, all up. Street savvy hoods have no fear. Not of the courts, not of prison. When a bus does stick, we house them. Give them color TV and their wives on weekends. If that makes sense to you, then you and I are about to have a problem because I'm your instructor here and I love to weed out airheads and marshmallows. Welcome on and all to Vision on Sound here on Fab Radio International with me, Martin Holmes. This week, Warren Cummings is back and we're talking about a show we touched on when we discussed TVGs a few weeks ago, the strangely successful William Shatner police series from the early 1980s, T.J. Hooker. So let's kick up those Fab Radio International time engines and do an unnecessary forward roll back to 1982. Hello, Warren. How the heck are you? By Jiminy Cricket. I'm here. Hello, listener. Hello, dear listener. And <laughs> yes, hello, Martin. Back. Yes, we decided he's, we'll, we'll have him back. I'm on, I'm on day release today. Indeed. Uh, well, basically, today we're going to do a bit of a follow-up to a, a previous show that we did where we talked about TV cheese. Oh, uh, TV and because cheese. we talked about TV cheese and you sort of mentioned a lot of shows, I suddenly thought, you know, I'd like to see some of that. So obviously I went out with my bargain bin ordering, um, I've been ordering lots of cheap, cheap. You've been going through skips at the back of HMV, haven't you? Well, something like that. No, I've been going through skips at the back of um, Oxfam online and, the, and things. But, and the uh, British Heart Foundation. Yeah, they're, they're yeah. A strangely, it's strangely easy to pick up certain dvds quite cheaply at the moment it's kind of weird actually because obviously uh, we are talking just as network has bitten the dust and um network stuff will suddenly the scalpers will suddenly the prices will get hiked you know people yeah i've got copies of these things will suddenly say oh you can't get that anymore and you really want to see it but uh, a lot of really quite good television is available or indeed quite bad television or quite i don't know the sort of television that people watch once and then it sits on the shelf and then they think I've not watched that for two years. I'm going to put it in the charity. So actually, I think the discs are sometimes in quite good nick. So I've been out and I've, I've ordered <laughs> all sorts of strange shows. Oh, I'm looking uh, forward to this. I really am. It's like confes- confessions of a television no, addict no, no, going no. on here, isn't it? Well, one of the things we talked about when we talked about TV Cheese was TJ Hooker. So I, <sighs> I, kind, of, I kind of got the old TJ Hooker. I didn't get the five volume five seasons set that's about eight good lad not good not lad. doing that no, not but on there your is belly. A, a relatively cheap set of the first two seasons that you can pick mm-hmm. up you know for a couple of quid really if you try very hard and the other thing is that the first season is only five episodes five or six episodes anyway so they bundled the two seasons together so basically you get you get two seasons and and that's that first two years and uh, now tj hooker 
is, as we briefly mentioned on the previous show, is a, a William Shatner vehicle from the early 1980s, where the he plays... We, he play, he plays... Well, how would you describe the character of T.J. Hooker? Well, his background, supposedly, he's an ex-detective of 15 years, mm. and his partner was murdered, so he's decided to go back into frontline policing. On the policing, streets. On the streets, in the blue mm. surge. Mm. Um, but he's, he's taking some people under his wing in the training mm. unit. Mm. And this is for the LCPD, not the LCD or the... <laughs> LCD or the LEDs, because they can't see it's it, the right? Los Angeles County Police Department, which basically means yeah. it's not the LAPD, it's not the LBPD, it's definitely the LCPD. This is the, the third tier. <laughs> even, the, even though they use the LAPD training school yes. as their location, but we mm. can't mention them. No, no, no. It, it's obviously they're trying very hard not to be the LAPD, but I think everybody knows. But what gets me about T.J. Hooker is that it wasn't set up to be T.J. Hooker, no. was it? It was, no. it was filmed, the pilot episode was filmed as something called The Protectors, and it was done as a sort of short TV movie. And they took what they thought were <clears throat> the best uh. elements... <laughs> When you talk T.J. Hooker and the best elements, mm. um, I think they're still out looking for them with mm. a torch. Mm. No, to be fair, it is everything you would expect from a William Shatner starring role. It mm. does not. It does, just does not disappoint. Mm. He has some wonderful lines. It is kind of hilarious. I mean, the thing... <laughs> The pilot opens with a scene where he is talking to the raw recruits on a kind of parade ground. And what he says, that, that whole speech, is the most right-wing bollocks yes. <laughs> that you will possibly... It's hilarious in its own little way, because he's a foot shorter than most of the recruits anyway. But that's, uh, uh, but no, yeah. no, there's a, um, there, there's a thing that they could only recruit... Uh, they Part of the deal of um, when they came to casting... Mm. Um, they couldn't have anybody that towered above <laughs> William Shatner. This is when they went on to do the series because, mm. the, 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 as you say, the film bit, mm. the TV movie, mm. is a standalone, really. Mm. But the idea that anybody would be taller than him was out of the, out of the question. <laughs> and this is one of the things that Shatner impressed upon them. Nobody is taller than the lead. No mm. one should ever be taller than the lead. Mm. So basically, you've got all these really short actors coming in. <laughs> To play rugged policemen. Policewomen. You will find a lot of the time where we have the baddies, they're mm. sat down a lot of the time when TJ <laughs> Hooker's about. And, it's, and I thought, now this, this is ridiculous. And I sat and watched the first season and went, mm. you're right. <laughs> or if they are fairly tall and they're baddies, mm. they're always people running away from the vehicle, running away from him. Mm. So he appears taller because they're in further long shot, aren't they, to mm. him? But he looks taller than they are as mm. he runs towards them. Mm. But yeah, in certain shots, when they did run out of people of a certain height, mm. he is actually stood on a box. Ah, But it, it's quite remarkable, isn't it? To think that... Um, well, let's, look at his, let's look at his career in 82. Mm. Mm. I mean, he hasn't done that much. I talked with Andy a few weeks ago about The Twilight Zone and, and in some ways he's the best thing in quite a lot of Twilight Zone yeah. episodes. He's a very well-regarded actor in the 60s. And then he does Star Trek, and obviously people people who love Star Trek love Star Trek, but Star Trek itself wasn't particularly the most successful series. No. 
Yeah. And he had a bit of a doldrums through the 70s. I mean, he did guest spots on Colombo and, you know, Barbary Coast and, and stuff he like that. He was, he was around. bad films as well. Mm. Um, was oh, was it Disaster on the Coastliner? Was that one of his? Yeah, there's, uh, yeah. and there's that um, the Spider Invasion, mm. which was, it has got to be believed. That's yeah. not the actual title of it. I can't remember what it's called mm. now. It will come to me. Very, it's got to be seen to be believed because mm. that is Shatner being told, well, you know, he's going, how would you like me to play it? Play it mm. as William Shatner. Mm. Oh, my Lord, he did. Mm. <laughs> but, you know, we can't forget his his musical career mm. Yeah, during I mean, the 70s. I mean, Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds has never been the same. I've, well, I've never got over hearing that. Well, I would argue that I suppose, you know, he was prepared to put in the hours and put in the work, and if anyone asked him to do anything, he would pretty much do anything. I mean, he, yeah. to be fair, in terms of, I think he's had something like a 70-year career at this point now, and he seems to have never turned anything down. <laughs> he seems to, if someone says, go into outer space, Bill, okay, I'm up for that. You know, he'll do yeah. absolutely anything. But he's renowned for doing, in the 70s, doing Roger Corman films, and mm. Roger Corman films are extremely bad and extremely cheap, mm. and this is where he did the Spider one. It was Kingdom of the Spider. I knew it would come to me. Big Bad Mama in 1974. What a mm. title for a film. And Shatner is full front and centre in that. Full and frontal? It, oh, dear. Frontal <laughs> and centre. Well, there's a lot of frontals in a, in a Roger Corman mm. film. You see, what bothers me is that actors like that in those times, he didn't He didn't sort of do the, oh, let's try and see if we can get a career in, in Ingerland, did he? No, he's quite happy to stay uh, mm. in the States or mm. just go back over to his home country of Canada. Yeah. Because he could have Brian Donlevied, couldn't he? He could he have Brian Donlevied. Well, and, and they've um, both got the same attributes, really, mm. haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested that he, he appeared in sort of a lot of staples of the time yeah. in the 70s, like The Six Million Dollar Man and, mm. as you said earlier, Columbo. Mm. But that's the thing. He never had a leading no. TV role, no. which is really, really sad. But he would you know, like pop up. He did a lot of pilots, though, didn't he? He did a lot of pilots. He, yes, yeah. And, as, and with this one, this wasn't expected to be made, mm. to be fair. Because the TV program that it was going to be made, uh, going to be made, and I don't know what the name of that program was. I'm mm. going to have to find it by CBS. Fell through, mm. and they went, "We've got a hole in the schedules. Well, we got this script knocking about about mm. a semi-retired police officer mm. um, taking out young recruits. Mm. Who can we get to do it?" And mm. they sort of pitched it about, and people went, "No." And then somebody and Shatner's went, "Shatner's available. <laughs> How about Shatner?" And they went. Does he still work? No. Well, we can ask him. Right. And Shatner went, yes, send me the script. Mm. Shatner read the script. Mm. And Shatner does what he does with most scripts and rewrites mm. them. Mm. <laughs> but I think and, the interesting thing is that this is this is not an unsuccessful TV show. No, it isn't. It, it runs for five seasons. Yeah. Uh, okay, I mean, a half season because it's a, a mid-season replacement for another show. So you get those, four, those five episodes in the first year. But then it got yeah. a full commission for the next year. And got four full seasons. Yeah. So, was... but it's 91 episodes, isn't it? Some of which are just 22 episodes. 22 mm. episodes. Mm. That is punishing, really. Yeah. Uh, especially for somebody like the Shat. Mm, who, it's very it's physical. Key. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And that is the other thing. It, it, it was a physically demanding mm. role for him as well. He must be knackered. But I have visions watching that pilot, which is <laughs> preposterous in many ways. I mean, basically, a killer has decided for no very good reason he's going to start shooting people when he's doing hold-ups just because for kicks or whatever. Yeah. But what you get 
with Shatner because he, he, he he's trying to bond with. The, I mean, I know the nature of the pilot is it's a slightly different dynamic. So he keeps he keeps seeing him sitting in bars and trying to <laughs> sort of you know, chat to all these recruits who all hang on his every word and isn't he great and everything like that. And you see him doing some of the training stuff. So that's where you get that shot in the opening titles where Adrian Smed leaps over a wall and poses <laughs> and Shatner's going, yes, but hold your gun this way, not that way, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And, all and that you've, kind of you've got it set to stun, it should be on kill. <laughs> <laughs> but what you get are these, certainly in those first, I mean, I've only, I say, watched the first season so far, but you get these wonderfully preposterous soliloquies yeah. about oh. the, he, he the is scum Dixon. on the streets and he all this kind of thing. He is the Dixon of Doc Green for the <laughs> 80s of downtown LA. That yeah. is who he is. And yeah. it, it struck me, I went, this is Dixon, but he's mm. more mobile. Yeah, <laughs> in many ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, but, and I just had this thing because there's the, you get scenes where it's him and Zmed, the uh, recruit, yeah. who he basically ends up being teamed up with the end of the pilot if that doesn't spoil it for you um but at the end of the pilot he's teamed with um one of the recruits and he just seems to just growl along the streets of la going ah, look at the scum over there look at the <laughs> we scum need to over clean there. these streets yeah up. we need yeah and it's really sort of dark and so and he's just thinking Zmed he's just sitting there in the car going god only seven hours to go <laughs> He's rocking in the driving seat, go please. It must please. be. It's it's so weird, you know, they're not sort of talking about, I don't know, where you have your holidays. Look at those pimps and pushers on the corner. Oh, Their no. lives are nothing. Yeah. I want to help change them. But there's a wonderfully uh, simplistic world in TJ Hooker. That's the other yes. strange thing. Basically, every single problem, be it huge, is solved by one man <laughs> and his buddy in one car in the space of 45 minutes. And yep. it's just, it's just monstrous. You know, he it's, it's, it's a weirdly bizarre show. Now, the other side of the coin is it's also from that era where... Mm, Girls in tight shorts and tight tops was it's very a big exploitative, selling point. Yeah, mm. yeah. But uh, I don't think we had too much exploitative stuff coming through till about season two when mm. they changed the female lead in it mm. because we didn't have Heather Lockyer, Lockyer, mm. uh, Lockyer mm. in season one. No. Everybody seems to well the general everyone presumes because she appeared in the titles of season mm. two onwards that she was in it all mm. but she wasn't was she and um no, she replaced uh, april april clough was in the first april season clough. i quite role. like april clough mm. actually I, I quite like april clough better than heather well, but that's that's you know that's by the by mm. but it, it, there, yeah then you know heather would like dress up in bikinis and things or mm. be wearing, as you say, tight shorts and cut-off mm. T-shirts. Mm. And we have to wait till season four mm. where somebody has to un uh, <laughs> go undercover as a hooker. Ah. And then, you know, there's the four of them because James Darren has joined them by now. Mm. So you've got three blokes and a woman. So mm. which one's going to be the hooker? They'll look <laughs> at Heather. Yeah, baby. But you <laughs> see, the other, the other interesting thing from that point of view is part of what happens in the pilot is Shatner has a complicated home life in yeah. the sense that he is he's divorced and he has two children, we believe. 
And he goes home, doesn't he? And his wife seems to still, because he's the Shatner, still seems to worship the the very ground he walks upon and basically invites him to all the parties. So it was one of those very weird police divorces where everybody's still chums. But the thing about that is... Never met one of those before. (laughs) It's the fact she keeps referring to him as Hooker all the way through. Everybody who ever meets him, just call him Hooker. And you think, what's your first name? Is, is it Thomas Jefferson? Isn't Thomas it? Jefferson. T.J. is a, that's so a named middle initial. J.T. backwards. After. It's J.T. <laughs> reversed. That's the thing. <laughs> We've renamed you after a after a president of the United States. It's Tiberius Thomas. James Hooker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's ridiculously. Mm. And oh, what do you it, make of what do you make of off duty Shatner? Because when he goes into oh casual clothes, I mean, in, I've in got to be fair. Sports jacket. <laughs> I've got to be fair. The uniform I mean, is well tailored for. It's the, very well tailored. The LCPD, um, even for Richard Hurd. You know? <laughs> I don't think. I, I think somebody was. If you notice, you can hear a squeaking sound every time Richard Hurd moves because somebody's mm. got him on the wheels. Yeah. I'm swearing. So it's pushing him around the precinct on wheels, and he doesn't actually move his legs. I, I'm trying to decide. This is Richard Hurd, who we probably know best as the leader of the aliens in V. <laughs> I was going to yeah. say, are you expecting him at some point to rip mm. his face off? Well, was <laughs> me, this was child me before this? Was mm-hmm. me before this or after this? I can't quite um, remember. He was after. No, that was after this because that came up for the Olympics, didn't it? So right. it's just, just, mm. it's just after this. But mm. um, yeah, this. If you've never, I mean, I'd seen Richard uh, in. Uh, I nearly said Richard Herndall, then mm. Richard Hurd in a couple of westerns. Mm. He pops up, and he's got yeah. that sort of um, coal molded nose as well, mm. hasn't he? That sort of martially feel, you know, he's one of those safe pair of hands actors oh, that every yeah. people just you look at him and you think trust. I don't know why we do, but you know he, he doesn't. And of course, obviously, when he was one of the alien lizards, uh, <laughs> trusting him was a bad idea. But yeah. <laughs> he's very doubtful of Hooker, isn't he? Because in the in the first story, he hints that he sort of come up come from internal affairs but he used to work with hooker didn't he and he knew what hooker was like and sort of you sort of get the impression that hooker was a little bit on the wayward side Mm. having a moral compass that really other people will go as you Mm. said that's a bit right wing thank you very Mm. much indeed but um he's still gonna plow it's a very black and white world isn't it it's a black and white world and i don't i don't mean that in a racial sense i just mean it's it's a Mm. very there you know there's right and wrong and you're on the either on the side of the angels or on the side of the demons there's there's no there's no gray areas in hooker's world as it were (laughs) apart from its name which is obviously that's that's gonna be a spin-off isn't it hooker's world where he travels (laughs) around the world Oh, Hooker's I, Folly. This is I, what I... <laughs> Hooker's Folly, yes. <laughs> uh, I think this is very much a case of this is what would have happened to ITC mm. if they'd have carried on with their output. Mm. Because it, it, it's almost very ITC in its um, mm. conveyor belt production, isn't it? Uh, it's just like they start off, you see, see a crime start at the beginning and then cut to the car mm. in the downtown scene mm. and then... You know, boop, boop, at uh, for Adam 30, there's a shooting going on at the Milky Mini Mart downtown. Can you <laughs> attend? <laughs> or your coffee's getting cold. Yeah. What I love about it is actually it, this series is created by a guy called Rick Husky. Oh, brilliant name, isn't it? Brilliant who also name. wrote a lot of the episodes. And the thing that gets me about it is it's either his very right-wing approach to life or yeah. very you know, moral if you like, let's say moralistic. 
let's 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 be kind and uh, say moralistic. But then, because if he's got this very sort of right-leaning stance, they'll pick up their coffee and they'll park the car in front of a great big bar with a huge sign saying "Gay Nineties," which I just. <laughs> I just thought I was a lovely. Either that's oh, that's some kind of somebody on the production team saying, "Oh, we've got a location, Rick," and he go, "Yeah, that's fine." And nobody tells him that it's this massive gay bar. That basically our two policemen are lurking around for their it's morning. It's the Blue Oyster Bar all over again. I can hear the music in the background. But it's 1980. It's it's, it's 1982. So it's mm. Ronald Reagan. Mm. So yes, yeah, it is it, very it, simplistic. Why? Yeah, I'm intrigued very right about for this though. Is that? Um, See, I had to look this up because there's so much in those first few episodes. Uh, we, we might come back to them in a, when, when, when we get back to this, the actual series itself. But mm-hmm. there's so much in that opening season that made me think of, and then I realised it hadn't been done yet, Police Squad. Ooh. Now, there's so much. I know, I, I know actually uh, Shatner does a, a guest spot as the, the, the murdered celebrity of the week in... <laughs> In one of the six police squads, but there are so many of the the way that Drebin is deadpanning to his boss, yeah. and they're channeling T.J. Hooker because oh, that's all are, I can think of. This would be in the Shatner, aren't they? Yeah. Well, definitely. this would have been the show that was on that when they were writing the parodies, and they would have been looking at Hooker and going, "Yeah, <laughs> the way he just delivers those lines and everything," <laughs> because. Let's face it, this is chaos. This is police chaos on a weekly oh, yeah. basis. I, it's, uh, it, the script is written that it could only be written for Bill, and I'm, I know that Bill had a lot of input mm. into it, but it's just his delivery has not dulled mm. in the whole of the five seasons. I mean, mm. I, I thought, well, I'll tell you what I'll do is I'll... Because most of them are made by um, ABC, mm. and the last season it was picked up by CBS. So I thought, oh, I'll have a look at the last season and see. Is that the one where they suddenly moved to Chicago for a few weeks? <laughs> That's so odd, yes. <laughs> um, in, interesting enough, on a su- little side order here, mm. America's very good, uh, we are to a certain extent, and a series like Doctor Who are very good about mm. having d- backdoor pilots. yes. And in season five, a little-known actress by the name of Sharon Stone, ah. before she crossed her legs or mm. uncrossed her legs, mm. appears as a burnt-out, tired, but over-focused female cop right. working undercover. Mm. And Romano and TJ just happen to walk into that particular precinct away from their own precinct to do mm. some undercover work and assist her. But mm. most of that episode surrounds her, her mm. life, her character. Mm. And it's so obvious that they've just walked on to a pilot for another show. <laughs> <laughs> and literally, they, 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 and then there's, he starts off with what's happening. Tell us what's happening about the story. She plot, 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 development. Mm. Then you don't see them till about the end where they mm. come in and rescue her. And ah. then he does his George Dixon homily to her, gets in his car and drives off. <laughs> And she drives off in the other direction. Mm. But instead of holding on Hooker, it holds on her. Right. And it never, and it was, they said, well, we've done this backdoor pilot. Let's have Mm. a look at it. And they said, nah, the audience won't like her. Mm. (laughs) She she won't go far. Ah. And then, you know, 10 years down the line, Fatal Attraction came along. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that's that's the fate, I think, for a lot of, 
I mean, you, you actually look at a lot of shows and you sort of realise that what the hell do TV executives know about anything in real terms? You know, yeah. There are people that you see as bit part actors in, in shows like TJ Hooker and you just think... There are, I don't think he's in this one, but you know, you, you suddenly see Jonathan Frakes as a villain in things yeah. sometimes and things yeah. like that. And you just think, these people have got all these futures ahead of them. And yet, uh, sometimes it's completely missed, you know. But of course, ultimately, you've got your your main cast in a show. You've cast them all. What gets me is that when he bounces back to back to L.A. after those um, Chicago episodes, it's kind of like he's not. He's never been away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're oh back business as usual, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, most of them were all doing other things at the same time as mm. T.J. Hooker. Well, I mean, Shatner himself. I mean, this would have been. He would have filmed Star Trek two and three and yep. possibly four whilst. Uh, so actually, if you want to sort of imagine what Shatner looks like, those are, you know, in T.J. Hooker, basically, he actually looks pretty good in Star Trek The Search for Spock, doesn't he? You know, yeah. he actually looks quite fit and healthy in all the fight scenes with Christopher Lloyd and what have you. But that's probably because of the regime of... He's on a break from T.J. Hooker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you, you've got people like James Darren. Now, James Darren, mm. for those of you who don't know, was, was a musician. Mm. He wasn't an actor. He was a singer in the 60s. Is he the same James Darren from Time Tunnel? Yes, it is. Mm. Yes, it is. No. Yes. Yes, it is. Sorry. Mm. He, he, he <laughs> I'm glad few... we got that yes. sorted out. Oh, I had to think about that one. But he had a few hit singles in the 60s. And right. I believe his music career carried on in the 70s as well. Mm. So, um, But he was doing other stuff as mm. well. But the unknown quantity was Avium Zeb. Mm. Now, Zmed. I think is it Zemed 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 yes. <laughs> so, Who's in the he, first four seasons? Yes. Yeah, he's the unknown quantity because mm. he was uh, spotted because he was a great. Uh, people say, oh, "Where's he come from?" Not seen mm. him. He appears in loads of stuff. Mm. He 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 usually plays a baddie mm. in sort of second-rate sort of eighties cop shows, late yeah. 70s, 80s cop shows, but he was known for Broadway stage acting. Right. And, and I think the thing that got him noticed was he did Grease 2. He was the lead in Grease oh, 2. Of course he was, yes. Uh, but his passion was Broadway and doing stage work, mm -hmm. and that's what literally... They went, oh, well, his career must have died after T.J. Hooker. No, he didn't. He went back into mm -hmm. um, Broadway. He directs, mm -hmm. and he still performs. Mm -hmm. Um but it was one of those unknowns that came from nowhere, and mm. somebody said, "Saw him in Greece too." Mm. Oh well, put him in, put him in this. He'd be a really good foil with T.J. Hooker, mm. which is really odd. So he did that. Yeah, as you say, he did mm. that for four years, and of mm. course you got Heather, mm. who came along in season two. She was recording at the same time mm. Dynasty. Mm. She was doing it literally the same time because mm. it was an Aaron, Aaron Spelling production. Mm. Uh, so she, you done with Hooker for the day, Heather? Yeah, uh, can you just come over here and put a frock on and 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 have a bitch fight in the swimming pool? <laughs> or, or put the bikini on and do a fight in some jello yeah, for us? Yeah. Just, just that's just, not for the show. Just walk across just the, the set producers. in a bikini. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but there is an awful lot that certainly seventies and eighties television should apologise for to the future. Yeah, because there's that there's a thing. I mean, the opening title season two's got her. They would argue you've got it balanced up because you've mm. got Adrian with his shirt off at one mm. point in the changing rooms in the opening mm. titles, and the next shot is Heather lying in a bikini in the sun lounger. Mm. And then oh, that you seen that? That's making me immediately think of the Return of the Saint titles. You know, <laughs> does it? Does a shadow of a stick man? <laughs> 
Well, funny enough, it, it reminds me of Talking Bikinis. It reminds me of the opening titles, the blatant exploitative opening titles of The Fall Guy. Right. Where she walks... I don't know if you remember, because so you, you, you have the, the music starts up, the brown pickup mm. truck goes along, and there's Stars Lee Major, mm. and I can't remember the other character's name, and they're, mm. they're both stuntmen. And then they have their female foil comes in, and you've got yeah. like those saloon doors in the kitchen. She walks through, and mm. she's wearing the smallest bikini ever. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm beginning to think this must be an 80s thing, surely. It then must thought, be, actually, because when you think about the A-team, the A-team on television... They tried, didn't they? They tried to have a woman in it for the yeah. first couple of seasons, and it never really. Either they didn't gel with the macho sort of testosterone storytelling. They never really found much for them to do, and I wasn't think they fired she a, too. Didn't she they? was a lawyer or something, wasn't she? That yeah. was finding them work. Yeah, um, but she never appeared in a bikini, so that's probably why it didn't happen. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's very exploitative during the early eighties. Mm. And uh... talking of exploitative, it's 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 interesting actually because over the weekend we we decided we'd watch a couple of the spin-offs of uh, classic television shows that have been made into movies, and we'd watched the two Charlie's Angels films that were made in the early part of this century. They're about twenty years old now, which might be terrifying for most. <laughs> that of That is terrifying to think of, but uh, but, flowers uh, are but yes, um, Charlie's Angels and Charlie's Angels Full Throttle, and <laughs> it's I, it's weird because I I, I I said to my partner at the end of it, "Do you now feel empowered because you've seen all these?" And she went, "No, it's this really exploitative. There is a lot of basically zooming in on arses." The, yeah. the the people who were making those films knew exactly what their perceived oh. audience wanted. Yeah. And there's a lot of jiggling and there's a lot of pointless Jigger, dancing. But the thing is, pokery. there's one brilliant joke. There's one brilliant joke that happens in about the first two minutes of the first of those two movies. It's the only funny thing in the entire two films. <laughs> and it's basically when the uh, one of the angels is actually in disguised, disguised in a preposterous kind of way, which we mm. won't go into. But they're watching a film on an aeroplane and it's tj hooker the movie oh, and the line is basically oh because it's a bit metatextual this they're in a they're in a film saying oh no not another movie based on an old tv show and of course <laughs> we're watching a movie yeah uh, and i just thought it was, i thought that made me laugh i thought oh this might Very be quite meta. good and basically the entire film's sort of dropped off a cliff and i mean a not unattractive cliff i'll i'll, I'll grant you but yeah. again that exploitativeness seems to have managed to carry on well into this century. But hasn't it always been like that? If we go back, I suppose it has to a certain extent. I mean, definitely in the 70s as well. It, it, well, if you was... go back to the original Charlie's Angels, I mean, the, the whole argument with that was what... I mean, I, I read articles in the TV Times where they referred to, in inverted commas, the jiggle factor. Yeah. You know, And basically, it was any excuse to get these three attractive actresses that they mixed and matched over the course of however many seasons it was into basically fetish gear. Mm. You know, if you had a fetish about girls in boiler suits, there's the week where they're in boiler suits. There's the ones where they're in criminal stuff. There's the ones where they're in the bikinis. There's the one where they go horse riding. There's the one where they go motor racing. It's every single weird, wacko American fantasy. I need an injection. <laughs> but they basically did it all. And again, it's interesting if you want to make the argument about exploitativeness or, or empowerment. I think it's, you know, you, yes, you can control how you are 
dressed and what have you or how you choose to present yourself but ultimately how you are perceived i think there's an awful lot of stuff which is basically you know when you think about it yeah it's not great it's really not great you know i mean i I worry really the actress um or the actor if you prefer in uh, the charlie's angels films lucy Liu, has gone on to do some fabulous work and i do wonder whether you know occasionally at home they put on the old full throttle dvd and go oh and cringe a bit because it's well they're put into that searing leather literally Mm. it's seared onto their flesh isn't Mm. it so it's so tight the guy who uh, directed both of those films is called McGee and he also went on to exec I think uh, Nikita and I think he worked on Chuck as well Uh, his name pops up a lot in spy television and and we had a bit of a chat about this because I said do you think he's still working because since the Me Too thing happened a few years ago yeah do you think not not that there was any you know any sense of impropriety oh, no. but but you couldn't make films that were that no. overtly exploitative anymore and so but basically that seemed to be his style if you like his oeuvre if you like uh you know was to make those sort of films but it, it's just really peculiar because obviously he's still working and, and and good luck to him and everything like that but it's just interesting that i think over the course of the last 10 years television and cinema has changed to actually go hold on this isn't acceptable yeah it's the magnifying glass we've finally put it under that we don't like what we look mm. at it's full of bacteria mm. yeah um you you talk it, but balancing it out we, we're talking about a, another show that mr hurd was on mm. uh, no relation to douglas mm. and being v mm. where there are really strong female characters who are not mm. being exploited which is mm. quite interesting to do something that radical i don't know I, I i don't know whether it is because female leads in sci-fi programs seem to have a stronger presence than mm. say in everyday situations and i don't mean that in a in a negative way or discriminatory way mm. but the, it seems to me i don't know whether it's because of the age it was made and people can accept that mm. which i think is very blinkered very blinkered mm. indeed why can't a female have the same or even more status within a program. I mean, mm. even if you're looking at the Colby family in Dynasty and you're looking at people like um, Joan Collins, yes. she's still being exploited in that. All the Dallas women being constantly yeah. exploited. There's, a, there's the a lot of what used to be referred to as eye candy. There's certainly a lot of that. People were there just to make the set look pretty. Uh, you know, you get people walking into rooms for no very good reasons and, oh, look, there's a swimming pool and there's lots of people not wearing very much surrounding that swimming pool. Whatever your proclivity is, you could probably get a glimpse of it in those shows. Hmm. I think it's um, slightly peculiar, though, that you say sci-fi because whilst in, say, Book Rogers in the 25th century, Wilma is ostensibly boss yeah you know she's she's the qualified pilot she's the colonel and all that kind of thing most people remember it because she was dressed in in very revealing outfits well it's a tight spandex again isn't mm. it and every time you say wilma mm. i'm cursed with having to you think of the flintstones, the flintstones don't you yeah <laughs> because it's a it's it's not a modern name is it it's mm. not the sort of name you'd expect from a science fiction program so i'm expecting her to arrive on the back of a silver clad dinosaur mm. i'm actually surprised we didn't get a, a, you know a glut of wilmers 
at that era though because interestingly you know i mean the the name itself comes from the original doesn't it from the original book rogers i mean there is a yeah. wilmer in the actual comic strips there's a wilmer in the uh, the 30s serial so that's a reasonable thing and you could say well 500 years and retro things go back and forth and all that kind of thing there are good reasons for that but in, in the way that <laughs> you hear tales occasionally of people standing in supermarkets and hearing somebody going adric nissa get over here or whatever <laughs> And and you kind of think we've lost Adric. Never mind. Let's leave before he realizes well, where yeah. we are. And you know those names were taken off the telly as being a bit unusual. So you were yeah. kind of think there are about a sort of a load of forty-year-old Wilmers around because they were named after the character on Book Rogers. Mm. Who knows? Maybe one of them will write in and tell us. <laughs> <laughs> Don't forget, Wilmer. We're here for you. <laughs> <laughs> I must admit, I know recently you've been looking at some Buck Rogers, and I thought. Mm. I would avail myself of some Buck Rogers. Mm. And um, I wanted to see how they dealt with the Buster Crab bit. Mm. Oh, the second episode, yes. Yeah, and I thought... Yeah. Oh, he doesn't do much, re- does he? He doesn't, <laughs> but it, it's it, it's actually the fact that he doesn't do much. Mm. I quite like the fact that he just... He's there as a presence. And, and, it, and his character's smart name lines. is Flash. Yeah. Well, Gordon. <laughs> Brigadier Gordon, yes. They, Brigadier they do give Gordon. him a, a couple of very nice lines to say, you know, like when he says something like, I, I was doing this before you were born. Yeah, I like that or line. Something. And I like that kind of thing. It's quite nice. And, and uh, yeah, but again, you see, you, you look at that and you look at, of the same era, Battlestar, Battlestar, which I know we've talked about as well in the past, but Battlestar does seem to treat its... Well, I don't know. Does it treat its female roles better? Because ultimately you get that tiresome, you can only be a mother thing that features a lot yeah. of American... Um, that's the only role you can possibly play as a woman, is to be a mother. But um, you get that sort of sense of it. But you do get the the fighting, the the flyers, if you like, are they they don't sort of hang around in bikinis as much but they still do find excuses for that time but when they're in the battle fatigues they are everyone's the same and so so they would say they were trying to be progressive but actually i still think even that is still a little bit exploited not necessarily say something like logan's run where the female role is to walk around in a miniskirt or in the case of jenny to take her whole clothes off for no reason whatsoever well yes but uh, but you know but anyway, we've sort of segued away into in women's rights and all that kind of thing, which is a perfectly good uh, thing to talk about. But uh, we should really get back to, to TJ Hook. <laughs> because that will balance everything out, won't it? No, I, I'm, I'm just, I mean, that's, that's what that, we, came, we came to talk about. Oh, hooker. absolutely. Hook is a, a character of... They're um, very, um, they're not... What's the word? Fleshed they take out them, well. They take themselves very seriously. Oh, That's no, the there's thing. no sense of humour there, is there? No. There's no, um, there's no irony in that at all. No irony, it? yeah. No, yeah. It, he is a man that I think that you couldn't go for a beer with and have a laugh with. I don't mm. think he, he's that type of character mm. because you'd be frightened he'd suddenly jump out of his chair and shoot someone. Mm. Or he's so coiled as a coiled spring mm. that he's beginning to rust over because mm. someone's left him in the rain. Mm. He's not, he's not, do you think he relates to a normal human being? Well, I was going to say, do you think he's, do you think he's a realistic character? Do you, do you, do you believe in Hooker as a, as a TV character? Because I personally, how can I put this? You could play TJ Hooker with a laugh track and people would find it hilarious. Yeah, no, I could And yet it's not a comedy. And yet now I suspect it, 
falls back on so many of those police series cliches that were sent up by police squad. Yes. Actually, how it survived Police Squad being on. I know, okay, Police Squad only wasn't a success, really. It did those six episodes. We all sort of, you know, worship and love it. And, and have, 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 you know, for years it's become a bit of a cult classic. And obviously the three films that it led on to uh, came from that. But how you've watched Police Squad and then TJ Hooker comes on, how you can possibly take it. I don't know. Did people watch TJ Hooker for seriousness? I used to watch it religiously as a kid. I used to, it, oh, be, it, was, it became one of those Saturday it, night staples for me. So yeah. I obviously enjoyed it, whether I enjoyed it because it was Captain Kirk or whether I enjoyed it because I I, you know, I was looking at Heather Locklear or whatever. I don't really know. But I, I mean, I also watched... I mean, I watched shows like Ch- I just watched all these Chips. shows. Yeah. yeah, but Chips is Chips is oh gosh, Chips is so boring. If you t- if you look at it really, Chips mm. is very boring. Mm. Um, then again, T.J. Hooker, T.J. Hooker is action, mm. bikinis, mm. and William Shatner. Yeah, but even if you just look at season one, which is these five episodes, which is the opening episode has, like I say, this serial murderer who's Hmm. basically again one of those incredible incredibly shabby people that populate (laughs) downtown areas and always seem to wear really really bad clothes and basically might as well have i'm a bad guy tattooed on their forehead i i eat your children yeah and of course it becomes personal it has to become personal because in the end he holds up um, he holds hostage. He holds up a uh, an eatery that's eatery, near where yeah. they're having a family picnic, doesn't it? And and Shatner's off duty. Can I ask you something? It's only us here. You can ask me anything. When you watch the pilot, can you remember Richard Hurd being in the pilot? Because he's got a credit, and I couldn't remember what I couldn't he did. remember him. He because he just moves from one side of a desk, well, one end of a desk to another. Is it, but he is in the show. But he is, he is. An actual pilot, right? He, he moves along and then he turns at angle because they're because mm. he says because he was um, TJ, not his partner, but he used to work mm. with TJ, mm. and then he went to work off in internal affairs. Mm. And he, well, it, I remember him partner, talking to Hooker a couple of times about it, saying your attitude needs to change, mm. or you're going to end up being seen by my ex colleagues. Mm. I remember that. Well, his partner uh, died horribly, and and yeah. Shatner or, or Hooker was involved in a bad shooting that keeps getting alluded to, which thought sort of might have got him thrown off the force, and eventually led to him because uh, he killed the guy who killed his partner <laughs> in a quote bad shooting, which was every it was cleared, he was cleared, it was all right, so everything yeah. was cleared, yeah, everything's above out. board. That has to be stressed time and again. He was cleared, <laughs> and of course. Is it the opening one, or is it the one afterwards? No, it's the one afterwards where he's teamed with the newswoman. Again, if you wanted to have five more clichéd storylines for that first five episodes, (laughs) you've got, he's teamed with the newswoman, there's the teenage junkie... Oh yeah! In yep. God bless the child. There is a there's hookers <laughs> war. There's a title hookers that's war. hookers there's war. A gun war going on. That's right. And again, he resolves the entire gun problem. Of, yeah. Of LA. I mean, at one point, he evening. comes up. There's enough to take over a small mm. country here. But single-handedly, mm. he finds all the guns in one van. Mm. <laughs> And throws them, instead of keeping them as evidence, because oh, ultimately, yes. again, that's the interesting one, because that's a bad cop in that story, isn't it? A it was a very cop. bad cop, yeah. And did you notice who it was? The bad cop. I'm trying to think of the big 
He's the guy who was in the Gangsters episode of Star Trek. Oh, yes. yes it's, yeah. it's a reunion. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. Uh, and he's, he's like st- in the foundry, aren't they? Mm. And for some bizarre reason, he does this dramatic, pulls oh, the top of the, um, the lid off of the crate, doesn't he? Mm. And holds the, fire, uh, the rifle mm. above his head mm. and throws it down into the molten lava of mm. the... Well, there's a big old chase, isn't there? There's a chase involving, uh, what do you call them, forklift trucks. <laughs> and the exchange forklift. I mean... Yeah, they're up on the ceiling, aren't they? And they like say to this guy operating the crane, can you follow them down there in their little... Um... There is a wonderful preposterousness to the action sequences in Hooker. There really is a delight. When you mentioned the fall guy, you almost don't feel they bother to hide the stuntmen in TJ Hooker. You know, and again, no, I mean, for any reason, I mean, this is the era. I mean, you've had Dukes of Hazard, you know, you've had yeah. shows like that. So basically, wrecking your car every week seems to be what Hooker does. He, he no. gets involved in some ridiculous pursuit. He decides, for example, when he's chasing somebody in in the witness, because they do that thing where they go into the, you know, the um, where the water flows out. The famous from them. You know, oh the, yes, um, yeah. Where the drainage yeah. system. For the Italian know. job type thing, yeah. And so he, he chases a, a bad guy in his car, and he says, "I'm going to ram him against the wall," and just, and then <laughs> then they have to rescue them because the car does. Cars always just explode oh. massively, oh. don't they? And well, there was a thing because if you notice, a lot of the police cars when they mm. make off at speed, all this smoke bellows out of them. Mm. And the reason for this is they are ex-police cars. They bought a, a shed load of ex-police cars mm. that were already six to seven years old. Mm. And the reason they were they couldn't cover up all the heavy smoking from the car was it mm. was burning so much oil because they were knackered. Because <laughs> they, they knew that they could afford to just wreck these old yeah. police cars. But the, the things with the police cars are, I mean, if I drove a police car like that, mm. that would be my job. I'm gone. Mm. There, there is something spectacular <laughs> about those big American cars of the 80s and 70s. Oh, they wallow but, as they drive, yeah, don't they? they yeah. It's like trying to turn a super tanker, isn't it, really, as you, <laughs> as you, as you corner, you know. And there is always a pickup truck with a ramp at mm. the back of it parked on every mm. street corner because when you know in the chase they're going to come around the corner, mm. flip it over on its roof by hitting the, the back of this pickup truck. It's a bit like you could guarantee mm. in the A-team they were going to turn over a car and everyone's yeah. going to get out alive. Well, they, they say they've got the handling of a, of a small boat, really. I mean, that's the fascinating thing about the way they drive these things. But yeah. I don't think there's there's one cliche knowingly ignored in TJ Hooker. I think it's it's <laughs> it's it is it's phenomenally it's quite high octane and quite entertaining. Oh, yeah. And if you can actually if you can actually stomach the strange soliloquies and the bizarrely the bizarre right-wing writing of it it is actually quite hilarious in its way and yet like i say takes itself so very seriously so serious. one of the things I, I do notice when they shoot at people who the heck taught them to shoot at people because if you know well hooker that, did he was at the training they academy when they point their guns they're actually pointing them t- slightly towards the ground so the bullets aren't going to go traveling in a straight line well there's um, a whole thing isn't there in, in the pilot where he says if you if you take a step to the left They'll be aiming at... Yes. <laughs> what? <laughs> Whose theory was that, Booker? Have you got thousands thing. of dead recruits? <laughs> Lying in a... That, that, is a, that is a true police squad 
sort of kind of vision there, isn't it? With Dra- Frank Drebin trying to get them to demonstrate it. this pile of dead recruits on the left-hand side where it hasn't gone too when well. Did, uh, when did Police Academy, when did those films start? Because oh. I do think that on some level they might be a bit of a, a spoof of T.J. Hooker as well. Yeah, because Police Academy is a sort of late 70s, isn't it? Right, so they, they would have been in parallel then. That's kind of interesting, isn't it? <laughs> Uh, Police Academy's 84, so no, that would have been halfway mm. through. Tuck, uh, Hooker's run. Tucker's, Tucker's luck. Hooker's <laughs> yeah, luck, that was another spin-off they never did. <laughs> well, you'd have ridiculous things. And this is the thing that was, that was brought up by Terry Wogan, who brought this up, mm. when he interviewed Heather Lockyer, mm. um, which came over here to promote Dynasty. Mm. And he brought up... TJ Hooker, and mm. she sort of knew what the next question was going to be. And it was, you know, in the opening titles where you throw your nightstick at somebody? Oh, yeah. And she goes, yeah, it wasn't very convincing, was it? He said, um, <laughs> do people really fall to the ground when you hit them on the back of a leg? <laughs> of course, audience erupted laughter and they show the clip and she's like goes scarlet and she went she says i've always hated that clip no but in tj hooker world all these things work perfectly that's oh absolutely yeah i mean there's there's some wonderful stuff where where hooker i mean he's 51 when he starts this there's a wonderful line actually where someone someone's a description of somebody says oh he's in his early he looks like he's in his 50s and i'm thinking what like you the shat (laughs) excuse me (laughs) But 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 when he's dashing, when he's chasing he's that school bus in the pilot, yeah. you know, this is again, this is action man stuff. Yeah, and I think it is sort of kind of fascinating. I mean, the thing that I think it's wonderfully hilarious. I mean, I think I've I've picked it out on Twitter a few weeks ago. Is is the the T J Hooker role? You know, there's that bit in in oh, Galaxy role, Quest. Yes. yes. Oh, the commander is, and he has to roll on the ground and fire his gun. Tim Allen, is it Tim Allen? Yeah. Uh, yes. So it's when Tim Allen, Allen is, yeah. is basically stalking the little monsters, and 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 she keeps, why does she keep rolling like that? He says, I don't know. It seemed like the natural thing to do. Which is, and you it's think pure Shatner, it's pure isn't it? hooker, isn't it? I mean, but I think again, it's it's not necessarily. I can't remember the Shatner doing the Shatner role much in Star Trek. Maybe. In a, oh, a I, do. I do. Oh, you I do. do right? when, yeah, mm. when he's on those planets, he does not roll on the ground a bit. Yeah, but he's still so agile. Mm. I mean, if I had half his... His stuntmen. <laughs> yeah. It's All right, Actually, I, I would argue again... No, I, I can't hold this question back any further. Mm. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, is he wearing a corset? Oh, well, I mean, it's hard to say. I mean, people used to say that about original series Star Trek, didn't they? That was 15 I know, years but early. In T.J. Hooker, but... I... He, he, they could use the argument, well, he's wearing a bulletproof vest and that's what mm. cops do. Mm. Um, and also, it's a it's a much more concealing kind of uniform, yeah. anyway, outfit. But uh, but, but the thing yeah. about it is, is that he would have had to be fairly fit for things like Star Trek as well at the time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But um, but yeah, I I think there's a lot of stuff which I think they are trying to do that sort of that Tom Cruise thing. Really, is, is they're trying to show you that it isn't a stunt man. You know, there's a quite a lot of stuff where you see you do see his face. I mean, not all of it. But there are scenes that you know make it into the titles, which are obviously it has to be Shatner because it can yeah. only be Shatner because of the nature of the way it's cut. But uh, so he must, he, you know, people do mock him. I actually think that with all all the stuff aside, actually, when people criticise Shatner as an actor, to be honest, to be able to stand there and deliver some of the lines he has to deliver, 
Yeah, in with TJ a straight Hood. face. That takes yeah. absolute talent. <laughs> that takes skill. Because, it does, you know, yeah. yeah. To, to give so much conviction between a line that you and I would look at and go, I'm not serious. You can't seriously say that. Yeah. Look somebody in the eye and seriously yeah. say that. I wonder what the outtakes were like. But again, but that's the rock-solid performance of Shatner, isn't it? He mm. can do that. He can yeah. pull that off. And he Very is reliable. I mean, yeah. I mean, I know that. I mean, I don't. Again, I, I know there are people who uh, didn't enjoy working with him on some of the shows he worked on, and famously so. Uh, but actually, in the end, I, you don't really hear much bad press about Hooker, apart from the fact, you know, <laughs> it's just a bit crap. <laughs> <laughs> But, yeah, is, but there's nothing wrong with a slice of crap now and again because you need to refresh your palate. Mm. And I think by having programmes like TJ Hooker, they help mm. to refresh your palate. You don't want heavy drama at mm. five o'clock in the afternoon when you're having your beans on toast on a mm. Saturday night. Um, you don't want heavy stuff like that to, in, mm. to engage the family because mm. that's what it did. It was a family drama. Mm. And strangely enough, it was shown in the States at nine o'clock in the evening, but it mm. was shown over here, you know, Saturday tea time most mm. of the time. Well, it but, is. Again, it falls into that era, doesn't it, of when they were trying to cut down on graphic violence in American TV shows. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. shooting and killing in, in Hooker, but actually it's not. It's not great. It does feel like you can put it on at tea time, doesn't it? Because it does, yeah. It's a no-brain. What I would call a no-brainer. But it's cowboys and Indians again. Yeah, it is cowboys mm. and Indians. Mm. It's good. It's cops and robbers. Mm. The ultimate game role play mm. of cops and robbers is T.J. Hooker. You've got mm. everything. You have got the shootouts. You have got the car chases. Mm. You got the fight scenes, and you got the buddy buddy team ups. Mm. It's the ultimate in role-playing cops and robbers mm. do you think um do you think it's a good show then <laughs> after we've just slated it no i just ask you generally speaking <laughs> yeah, I, I, mean, do, I do i do i mean you, what i'm saying is if you were trying to recommend it to somebody how would you say what would you say well as long as you can live with this this and this it's actually quite an entertaining 50 minutes of your day i would say if you want some entertaining fun Mm. watch hooker but you have to take it as fun do not mm. take it seriously mm. and don't let some of the things that are slightly outdated get to you mm. when i put on um my facebook feed recently mm. that i was going to watch a tj hooker this was the mm. bank holiday weekend and i'm going to oh, watch yeah. some tj hooker ah messages i got from right. people and they praise it oh wow i love tj hooker that was so mm. much great fun oh i had the chat in it and he was brilliant mm. and you know, people still look at it in that mm. lovely, lovely way of saying to you, well, that's that's a childhood thing, isn't it? Mm. Or that's a, that's a growing up thing because it's happy to watch it because there's always a happy ending. The, the baddies mm. always... Even if it's a terribly written happy ending. <laughs> yeah, but the, <laughs> yeah, I, I think mean. their policy for this is whatever mm. the ending we have, it has to be upbeat. It either mm. finishes on somebody having the mickey taken out of mm. them or... It's got to have law and order winning. Mm. Yeah. Justice has been seen to be done. Yeah, and mm. sometimes you need that. Mm. Just just to put a smile on your face, because they mm. do it ridiculously mm. badly. Mm. And plus, you've got to look at some of those fashions mm. and say, man, what were you thinking? It's mm. like any cop series in the 70s. Mm. And you look at it and you go, man, mm. what were you thinking? But yeah, I mean, if you look about 
what was on in those days. Mm. Coming shortly, it's going to be Hill Street Blues, mm. where it blows police series out of the water completely. Mm. But I don't think that's the same league. Mm. Um, I think it's the same league of something like Hawaii Five O. Yes, I suppose so. Yes. Um, I I don't think it's a serious serious mm. cop show. Well, again, it's it's that weekly set up a problem resolve the problem thing yeah i mean that it's not a serial show is it it's not like there's going to be ongoing storylines again weirdly it was chips that got the comic strip in looking there was not a tj hooker comic strip you know it wasn't it wasn't seen as that kind of a show and yet somehow tj hooker i mean with that wonderful weekly jeopardy because i mean you know or was he really a bad cop or was he a this or was he a that or one i mean again another he's another one who accumulates children who who he looks after and and friends always let him down somehow and everything like that but he's always an absolute straight arrow in the middle of this and i think as part of the formula cop show tj hooker works incredibly well oh, yeah. the formula basic because there weren't many uniform cop shows without a lot of detectives yes and until hill street came along which is- everything comes together as you say and also it's the theme music as well isn't mm. it the theme music oozes action at you mm. this is you're going to be sitting watching a little action film mm. for the next 50 minutes well, again, I mean, you know, if you, if you go to the cinema and, and you like, you know, I don't know, uh, the Fast and Furious films or something like that, T.J. Hooker is kind of, that's what the people who are working on that now, that was what they trained on, wasn't it? Yeah. It's stunts and big set pieces and, you know, the dialogue is actually, whilst it is preposterous, it's kind of plays second fiddle. There's always a solid plot there and, it's, and, the, and the plot bounces along. There's always a little bit of comedy banter which you might find a little bit cheesy now but actually generally speaking it holds together as a basic fundamental bit of police well, telling. it's no more cheesier than something say like um starsky and hutch mm. that got cheesy towards the end that's true right well i think we'll more or less call it a day there thank okay. you very much have you got that's... any last thoughts on tj hooker before we disappear um, I think you did the wise move of only getting the first two seasons because I think there's only so much TJ Hooker one mm. can take. Oh, I'll borrow yours later. You know. <laughs> no, I've only got seasons one and two myself. Wow. I wasn't gonna. I wasn't going to uh, inflict because, like a lot of American shows, it naturally the peak. You hit the peak and then mm. it plummets. Unfortunately, because yeah. it's such a shame. But that mm. seems to be the. The same with a lot of long-running... Well, it's a formula thing, isn't it? And there's a yeah. formula thing, and actually I think there's only so many ways you can stir the pot and mix the elements. But Aaron, the... Aaron Spelling, that was that was their stocking trade, be it mm. soaps or be it, almost, as I said, ITC mm. shows. And I, this is the American epitome of an ITC show, I think, mm. and I think that's good fun. It's our, it's our Dempsey and Make piece, isn't it? Oh, God, yes. <laughs> I <laughs> like, suddenly, not going there. <laughs> unless, of course, it's the other way around. We were looking at that and going, we could make one of those. Yeah. Yes, well, we did. Well, thank you very much for your hour today, uh, Warren. It's been fun yeah. as ever. I mean, I'm Absolute not sure. We, we come here not to bury TJ Hooker, but to praise it. Uh, Absolutely. The last question I have for you is, very briefly, do you think it would have worked with any other actor in the lead? No. No, and uh, and I mean that's I mean that more sincerely, folks. Mm. And I really don't think it would, mm. because I don't think people would have taken it to heart mm. having another actor. Because Shatner has always worked with mm. tongue permanently, permanently in chi- in chin, mm. <laughs> in cheek, and I think that's where it works. I think it would have been very difficult for anybody to carry it off in quite yeah. the same way. 
So thank you very much, Warren. It's been a pleasure. joy as ever. Absolute I pleasure. will speak to you again soon. You take care. And take care. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye now. Many thanks to Warren Cummings for donning the blue surge one more time. So that's this edition of Vision on Sound off to the Statesville prison, so I just need to take a moment to thank everyone at Fab Radio International for patrolling these mean streets, and of course my thanks go out to each and every one of you for listening. As ever, I have been Martin, and this has been Vision on Sound. Goodbye for now, and take care.